welcome. I'm Ryan, if we haven't met, one of the pastors here. And uh, hey, today is Veterans Day. And uh, we want to take, take a moment and recognize those who have served. If that's you, would you uh, please stand here this morning? We'd like to recognize you and say, express our appreciation. Thank you very much. Thank you. Uh, thank you for your service. I also want to take a moment and say thank you to another uh, team here that serves at New Hope Church. And we don't often talk about them. They, they work behind the scenes, but their impact is seen all over the place. And I'm talking about the tech team. Uh, we have, and that has lots of different expressions. We have, we have uh, the sound booth in the back, the person running the slides and the computer back there, uh, Alexio and the website, mobile check-in, uh, Facebook Live. I mean, these people work hours and hours every week to make all these uh, things work, and, and we use them, and we, we appreciate using them, and, and we don't often call that out. So I want to say thank you to the tech team for their work and mention a couple of things. Uh, how many this morning did mobile check-in as you drove in? If you're a parent and you've got kids. Well, okay, so nobody. Fan oh, one person. Okay, good. So uh, Kim and I really enjoyed it. It was a pretty, pretty awesome thing that we did. And uh, I would encourage the rest of you to try it because it's, it's uh, convenient, fantastic. It has a 10-mile radius. So if you're within 10 miles of this church, just on your little Alexio app, boop, hit the button, and the stickers pop out. It's kind of fun for us, too, because we know who's coming to church, by the way. We stand by the printer, and the names start spitting out. We're like, oh, they're coming. That's good. We'll wait for them. And so, anyway, that's, uh, that's just a neat feature I'd encourage you to try. And speaking of Alexio, uh, we've been talking about it, and hopefully you, you've downloaded the app and you're using it. You've checked out the new website. If you have any questions about that, we have the help squad here for today's the last day. And so if you need some assistance with somebody to, to get you going on that, you just go out there. They have uh, all all the answers to all the questions that you have. A new thing we're doing today, and this may apply to a lot of you, in fact it probably does, is that those of you who have an account with Alexio or a church account, they're taking pictures. So they can attach your picture with your account. How cool is that? And so they will do that for you. They will just show up and say, yes, please do my picture, and they will help you with that and get it loaded for you. And so you'll have that on your account. Uh, one more thing to mention, and that is the tech team, uh, the branch that have been doing Facebook Live and getting that going, they have now, and Tim was talking, this is not from the pastors or the elders, this is the tech team owning this and doing it, but we now have offer all sermons at New Hope Church via podcast. So if some of you use podcasts and you like that medium, they're now available to you. And uh, not only today's message, but also we have a library going back several weeks. And so if that's something you'd like to be a part of, I'm not going to tell you today how to do it. But tomorrow on the Monday morning email that goes out from the church, uh, it'll have all the instructions on how to do it. You can go to iTunes, you can go to all different places and get the podcast. But all those instructions will be there. Now if you're wondering what's this Monday email you're talking about, then we don't have your contact information because you're not getting it. So I want to encourage you on the connection card. I know we already received the offering, but uh, take a moment and give us your email, your name and email, and we'll get you on the list. And you will begin to receive those Monday emails, which are really important. It gives you all the information, the key stuff about the church and what's going on. You can just fill this out. When you leave through the center doors, there's a box back there right outside the doors. Drop it in the box, and we would love to get you plugged into that. I had uh, somebody even last service came back and was like, I don't even get those. I would love to get that information. Connection cards, the way, uh, the way to do that. 
Okay, let's uh, jump into our morning message. So grab your Bibles and the bulletin on the back side or some fill in the blanks. And we are in our third week now of talking about money. We're doing Money Matters. And uh, just by a bit of a review here, on week one, so two weeks ago, uh, we spent time looking at some foundational issues. And specifically, I asked a question. The question I asked that I want to bring back up again is this. Do you and I worship money or do we worship God with our money? world of difference between those two mindsets. Do we worship money or do we worship God with our money? And this has to do with the heart issue of contentment. Now, upon that foundation then, we, uh, last week Pastor Tom was sharing, we dealt with the issue of debt and talking about that. And in there, Tom uh, laid out for us a foundational principle that I want to begin today to talk about. The foundational principle is your first fill in the blank. Here it is. Next slide. It's this, is that God is the owner of everything, and I am the manager. You are the manager. This is foundational stuff. This is so important. If our mindset is this, that we recognize that all that I have, all that you have, is really not actually yours. It belongs to God. But it, because in his graciousness and in his generosity, he has given it to you to, to take care of it, to use it, and to share it. And upon this mindset, this, this becomes a game changer as we view the resources that you and I have in this way. He's the owner. We are the manager. It's our job to manage it well and to manage it according to biblical principles. Now, that's the foundation. Now, upon that, we're going to build our first floor today, our first floor idea. And this first floor idea is, is fundamental. We've got to get this one right because everything that we're going to talk about next week, all the strategies that come from scriptures about how to manage money and, and all the details and tools we're going to get into, if we don't get the first floor right, the second floor isn't going to happen. We've got to get this one right. And what we're going to be talking about today, our first floor concept is giving. We're going to talk about giving today. Now, I want to start with a big idea. Here's the big reveal for the morning. This is the big idea that I want all of us to walk away with this morning. Here it is. Next fill in the blank. It's that giving is good. Giving is good. In fact, let's say that together. Make sure we're all awake here and haven't checked out. Giving is good. That was better than first service. Good job. Okay. Giving is good. And I think for most of us, if not all of us, I think you agree with that. I think that concept makes sense. I think that's something that you would say, yeah, I, I agree. And the scriptures say the exact same thing. It's on the screen behind. You've already seen it. Acts chapter 20, verse 35. And these are Jesus' words. It says, remembering the words the Lord Jesus himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Now, it's a blessing to receive. But what he's saying here is it's even more of a blessing to give. And so if we know and we agree that giving is good, that it's a blessing to give more than to receive, the big question becomes, well, why don't we do it more? Why don't I do it more? That's an important question. Where are we at with this? Where are you at in this area? And maybe for some of you, there's some different mindsets that can kick in that maybe this, you can connect with this mindset. So I think one, time, one place people can be at is this idea that you never feel like you have enough. And what I mean by that is this mindset that says, well, my heart is, is there. I mean, I sure like to be generous. And maybe someday when I have more, I will be generous and give. But today, I just, I don't know that I have enough to do it. And sometimes we confuse this idea of, of I can't give a lot or I can't give as much as I want or I can't give as much as that other guy over there with the idea of I can't give anything. 
But that's not true. Maybe you can relate with that this morning. Or maybe you're a person that you relate with this idea that, that you've seen abuses. And what I mean by that is you've flipped through TV channels late at night and you see some slicked hair, shiny suit guy up there and he's talking about sowing your seed and he's talking about, you know, if you sow this, you'll reap that. And in terms of if you sow your $100, you'll get a check for 1000 next week. It's going to happen. And, and by the way, I need a Learjet. You know, it's important for my ministry. And so you see these kinds of things and rightly you're skeptical. You begin to think, well, is what I'm giving to, I mean, really legit? Is this something good? And so we can have some skepticism sometime. Or maybe this is you, and, and I'll freely confess, this, this can be me. And that is you live with a scarcity mindset. And the scarcity mindset is this, this, this belief that you have and that I can have that says that if I give today, I won't have enough tomorrow. That there's a limited amount, and I don't know that I can part with it today on the front end, because what's going to happen a week from now or two weeks from now? And this person, this person lives with a certain degree of financial fear. Trusting God. This person, really, and again, this can be me too quite a bit, is this idea of forgetting that, that God is a generous God, that God is a provider, that God owns the cattle on a thousand hills. And so you can trust God in this area, and yet for this person, it can be tough to do that. There's fear involved. And if this is you, or if you resonate with any of these positions here this morning, I want to share with you a couple of verses that I think are incredibly important. It's where we're going to begin this morning. And this is in book of Proverbs chapter 11, verse 24. You can flip there in your Bible. It's on the screen behind. Here's what it says. It says that one man gives freely, yet gains even more. Another withholds unduly, but comes to poverty. In other words, the more you give, the more you gain. Verse 25. A generous man... And that word in the Hebrew literally means one who blesses other people. A generous person will prosper. He who refreshes others will himself be refreshed. Here's the thing with these two verses. If you take God completely out of the equation, these verses make no sense. None. What do you mean? I give and then I gain? I, I, I'm generous and then somehow I receive more. I, I mean, how does this work? This makes no sense on, on the surface of things. But insert God back in the equation and it changes everything. What it does is it begins to highlight that God's economy is completely different than ours, isn't it? His way of doing things is completely a, a different than what we do. It's, it's good to give, and, and we see here, and those who practice generosity, we see in the verse, uh, there, there's gain, there's prosper, there's finding refreshing. refreshing. In other words, though, it's not a fill in the blank, but hear this please. Those who practice generous giving will enjoy prosperous living. Did you catch that? Those who practice generous giving will enjoy prosperous living. Now please don't in your mind go to, well, that means I'm going to get a check in the mail. God may do that, but that's not the point. Prosperous living, when I talk about it that way, I mean that you are going to see God show up in your life in some ways that you've never experienced before as you go on this journey of generosity. That God's going to begin to do some things that are incredible. That you're going to be able to experience in your life a deep sense of, uh, of fulfillment, a deep sense of purpose, a deep sense of, of awe and seeing God's faithfulness. What you're going to do is you're going to get out of the way and you're going to give God an opportunity to show up and show you just how much he loves loves you and how faithful he is to you. 
But we're the lid to that so many times. So many times we withhold and we say no, and, and we don't give God the opportunity in this area of our lives to show up because we don't obey in this area. But God wants to do this. God wants to show up and do something incredible in your life. And, and here's what I know. I know that we could set a microphone up here and then we could form a line of just you guys in this room and people coming up person after person after person talking about how God has shown up in your life as you've taken a step of faith and trusted him in this area. Story after story of God saying, you know what, I didn't make any sense to me and I was scared to do it, but I trusted him in this area. And then, you know what, I learned more about who God is. And he showed up in this situation over here that I never expected. And all of a sudden I got to see God's character, what he promises in his word, show up in some different ways in my life. I never would have seen it had I not done this. And these are your stories, not mine. Because God is faithful. So here's what I do this morning. This morning we're going to look at two things, two action steps. And here, if we apply these two action steps, they're, they're, they're simple, but they're, they're hard to do. We apply these. You're going to see and position yourself to grow in this area of generous giving. Again, this is foundational stuff. Next week, I'll be up here talking about some different strategies for managing finances. We're going to get into to budgets and saving and spending and investing and all that kind of stuff. But if we don't get this one right, it does not matter. It doesn't. This comes first. We have to get this one right. We have to honor God in this area. So, so let's go ahead and jump in now. So our two steps, here's next fill in the blank. Step number one, we're going to talk about here. So this is really important. Here it is. Step number one is that we would start somewhere. That's my encouragement to you this morning. Start somewhere in this area. See, I've found over the years, a lot of years, being a pastor and talking with people, when it comes to the issue of finances, the one question that people ask over and over again that they want an answer to is this. It's, how much do I have to give? My answer to them is, well, you get to give, and you get to give an amount that is between you and God as you pursue him and seek him with all your heart. But, but the pushback question is, yeah, well, yeah, 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 yeah. But, but how much do I have to give? Like, isn't there that whole 10% thing? Isn't that what I have to do? And so if that's your question this morning, it's worth taking a moment and stepping back. Because if we understand this, it's going to be a game changer for how you think about giving. In the Old Testament, God commanded the Israelite people to do what's called tithe. You've heard that term, right? We use the term here at New Hope. Tithe literally means a tenth or 10%. Let me share with you an example. Leviticus chapter 27, verse 30. Look at this verse as an example. God speaking to the Israelite people. He said a tithe or a tenth or 10% of everything from the land, whether grain from the soil or fruit from the trees, belongs to the Lord. It is holy to the Lord. So what's he saying here? The Lord's saying, look, that first 10%, that tithe belongs to me. You give that to the Lord. That was for Israel. But the question is, is that for the church? Because we're not Israel necessarily. We're, we're the local church. And so what's for us? Now, I, I want to suggest to you that when we look at the New Testament then, we see a different picture for what it means to give. Look with me at 2 Corinthians chapter 9. It's going to be our primary text. I'd encourage you to go there if you have your Bible uh, or uversion.com. And we're going to camp there for a little bit. It's also on the screen behind. Let's look at what Paul says here. Because this is the key passage to help us understand New Testament giving. It says this, remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. 
And whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Verse 7. Each person should give what he has decided in his heart to give. That's the key. What he's decided in his heart to give. Not reluctantly or under compulsion. For God loves a cheerful giver. Now, I don't know about you, but giving that is reluctant and under compulsion, that sounds like taxes, right? That's kind of what that feels like, and that's what that's like. That's not what we're talking about here. Paul says, look, when it comes to this amount, it's what you have decided in your heart to give as you seek God. That's what you do, and here's the key, you do with a good attitude. You seek God and you do it with a good attitude. So if you were to hear this morning and you, for you, as you uh, have the conviction to tithe, that maybe on your income you give a tenth back to God, if that's what God's led you to do, then you need to do that. You need to, to practice that. And for a lot of people, 10% is a good um, standard or barometer or a place to get to. Nothing wrong with that. 10% is great. Do that. If you're here this morning, though, and God has put the conviction on your heart to do more than 10%, you need to do that. And if you're here this morning and you don't practice giving or, or you do less than that, then you need to start somewhere, start where you're at, and then mature and grow on that. So for maybe for you, it's 2%. Maybe for you, it's 4%, 6%, 7%. does not matter. The encouragement is that you start somewhere and mature and grow in that practice, that you would do it that way. And, and this is my, just my opinion, so take it for whatever it's worth. I think this type of giving, New Testament giving, is actually harder than Old Testament giving. Because see, in Old Testament giving, they'd come and they'd say 10%, and it really was a tax. There wasn't option. And if we're going to be precise to Israel's lot, it wasn't a 10%. They had a tithe, and they had another thing they had to give on, another thing they had to give on, they had three. It came out to about 23% of their income. So if we're going to model after Old Testament, we should actually do 23% as a have-to-give rate. But I think this New Testament is harder because here's what it requires. It requires you and I to go before God with an open hand and say, God, you're the owner, I'm the manager, and in this area of life, you've commanded me to give. That's not optional, but what I give is completely between us. and So I need you to lead me in this amount. I think this becomes more difficult as you seek God in this area because it could raise this question. Do you mean that if I do this, that God may ask me to do something in this area of giving that's completely out of my comfort zone? Yeah. Yeah, he just might. Do you mean that this means that you, you, you and I have to trust God completely with our finances if we do this? Exactly. Does this mean that you and I have to radically and completely reorganize and rearrange our life around God to do this? That's precisely my point. It's a game changer. It's a complete different way of thinking about finances. It's a completely different way of approaching it where generosity and giving and obedience this area comes first. My encouragement is to start somewhere. Now, if you're here this morning right now and you're having heart palpitations, you're breaking down into cold sweats, you know, you're looking for the exit sign, feeling nauseous, I don't know, then I want to encourage you with a verse. It's in the Old Testament, so you're going to see some Old Testament language in there. But I want to take us back to Malachi chapter 3, verse 10. This, this verse is so, so important. Look with me together. Look what it says. It says, bring the whole tithe, fair enough, into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Now, it's in green. You see it right now. But God says something that he doesn't say anywhere else in the Bible. He gives you and I permission in this one place 
and nowhere else to test him. Look what he says. He says, test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that you will not have room enough for it. This is the one place he says, test me. He's given the promise. The promise is right there. And he says, you know, I want you to test me. I I want you to come before me. I want you to, to test me in this area so I can show you how faithful I am to you, how much he loves you in this area. And if you're sitting here thinking, okay, but that's Old Testament. Like, what about New Testament? Well, we're in 2 Corinthians chapter 9. We were just there. We looked at verses 6 and 7. Now let's look at verse 8, the very next verse. It says, And God is able to make all grace abound in you, so that, here it is, in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. Notice again, another promise from God that, that he will provide all that you need if you are the generous giver. That he'll meet your needs. And not only says, will I meet your needs, I'll provide enough for you to then be generous to other people and ministries and works that are happening. He says, I'm going to meet all your needs in all times, in every place, as you put me first and trust me in this area, and then you're going to have enough extra to give to other people. This is what he says, test me in. Test me in and see how faithful I am. Here's your next fill in the blank to drive this home. It's this. You cannot outgive God. You can't do it. As you practice generosity, he is going to open the floodgates. He is going to show you just how generous he is. Now, please, I know you might be thinking, okay, well, that just means money. That's not, no. Maybe, but that's not even the point. He is going to open the floodgates and show you more of his love for you, his faithfulness, his character, who he is. And you will begin an adventure of walking with him, going to places that you've never gone before in terms of giving. This is what he wants to do. It's, it's an exciting thing. And I tell you, I've, I've been to a lot of years of seminary. I've been a pastor for a lot of years. I've studied these passages left and right, backwards and forwards. And when it comes to this idea of testing God in this area, this is, this is my conclusion to the matter. This is why I think in this one area, God says, I'm going to give you permission just in this area to test me. And here's what I think. I think it's because God knows that if we respond to this, it's going to freak us out. That's what I think. I think as we take this seriously and we say, all right, I'm in. I'm going to do it. Makes no sense, but I'm in. He's going to show up in some incredible ways in your life and do some amazing things in your life. I'm going to share my own story with you. Several years ago, in fact, a long time ago now, 20 years ago or so, uh, when I first came to Christ, I was at what we call a tipper. Maybe, maybe you recognize this, this term. I was a tipper. What that means is I gave a little here. I gave a little there. Nothing that hurt. Nothing that was disciplined. Nothing that was a habit. I just tipped. But as time went on and I began to walk with Christ more, the conviction came on my heart. I need to, I need to step up in this area. I need to, bottom line, I need to obey what the Bible says. And so, God, what do you want to do? And so for me, at that time in my life, I decided it's time to start tithing. It's time to start doing 10%. 
And that's what I began to do. And at the same time, I was going on staff with the Navigators, a missionary organization. And so I would go out and I'd raise support. I'd have appointments and share about my vision and what I was doing. And I don't know if it's this way now, but back in the day, for Navigator staff, for these missionaries, you would raise support. And then once a month, like on the first of the month or something, you got an envelope in the mail. And in that envelope had your check. And that's the amount you raised. And so uh, uh, you had to make that money kind of last you all month long. And so, like I said, I went out and raised support and I did all that. And I go to my first month now going to the mailbox and, and not having any idea. It's a little unnerving not knowing what you're going to earn. And so I go to the mailbox and, and, and there's a little revival. I'm not going to lie. I mean, I was praying and God make this good. And, I, you know, and so I open it up. I, I open the envelope. I pull it out. $212 for the month. That's not good. It's like, God, what, what is what am I supposed to do with this? I can't live on, I mean, I'm single at the time. That helps. Top ramen's cheap. Okay, that's good. But, but how am I going to make $212 stretch 30-some days? I mean, this is going to be tough. Oh, yeah, and I committed to tithe. All right. So I tithed, and I kept serving. Kept doing ministry. Kept raising support. It's got to be better next month. So a month passes. I go to the mailbox again. Ring in my hands. God, this has got to be better. Open the mailbox. Pull it out. Pull out the, the check. Well, it was better. It was $394 this time. So I'm up to a whopping $600 and some dollars over two months of time. And I've got I've to pay rent. I had roommates, that helped. But I've got to pay rent. I've got to eat, gas in the car. I mean, all that kind of stuff, right? I mean, insurance. And so, and so how is this going to work? And I don't know to this day how it worked. But I know looking back, I never missed a meal. The rent was paid. God took care of me. And I, I, to the life of me, I cannot figure out how it happened. Oh, one more thing I forgot to mention. I was in love during that time. And I was trying to raise money, scrape together cash to buy an engagement ring as I'm getting the lamest paychecks in the history of paychecks. And I, to this day, not only did God provide all my needs, but I got a ring so I could propose to Laura. And not a Cracker Jack ring. Some of you are like, oh, yeah, a family dollar, right? No, no, I mean, like, like a real ring, like with a real rock. I mean, it was like something I was like, okay, God, you did this. And you know what? I remember. And if there's ever times that I'm like, God, are you going to come through? And God, I don't want to give. This is hard. But you've commanded me to do it. And when I do it, you show up. And that encourages. That encourages me. And again, I bet you have your own stories. You know, at New Hope Church, we keep track of stats and giving and things like that. But there's one stat that matters to me more than any other stat. And, and it's not even the amount given on a Sunday or in a month or anything like that. The, amount, the stat I pay the most attention to here is the stat of what percent of people give at New Hope Church. And that number is about 50%. So about half the people who call New Hope Church home who come give something. Half don't give anything. And I want to, I want to give a challenge this morning. And my challenge is this. I would love to see that number get to 100%. I could care less what you give. I could care less if you start at a half percent. I would care less if you start at one percent. I, I don't care. I, I care that you give. Because not only is it an act of obedience, not only is it worship, but God's going to be able to show up in your life in a special way. I think we can do it. I remember in September, I was doing cartwheels around the office because we added 20-some new first-time givers the month of September. That's awesome. I don't know what they gave. I don't care. But they gave. And that's what's important. See, giving is a mark of a healthy church. 
It is. It's one of the important barometers. And as we all take this area seriously and say, you know what, I'm going to start somewhere. It may not be pretty. It may not be impressive. It doesn't matter. I'm going to start somewhere today, and I'm going to do this. And if we all say we're going to do this, the spiritual health and blessing for New Hope Church is going to be immense. Let's start somewhere. That's my, that's my double dog dare this morning. Start somewhere. That's step number one. Step number two is this. As we begin to wrap up this morning, it's this. Start, not only start somewhere, start today with a giving plan. You may be like, what's a giving plan? Never heard of such a thing. Well, think of it this way. We all have acquiring plans. You have one. You acquire things all the time and you make a plan. You, you, know, you shop around, you look at coupons, you do look at reviews. You, you plan to get things. How about making a plan to give things? And so a giving plan is a way to do that. Now, here's the key. You and I both know that if we don't make a plan to give, you're probably not going to do it. I'm probably not going to do it. We need to make a plan. So what's a plan? I want to close with this. I just want to close with a template for you to build a plan. And here's what I'd like to ask you to do. I'm going to go through this very, very quickly. Band, get ready to come on up here in just a minute. Is I want you to take this plan and today... This evening, if you're married with your spouse, I want you to work on and build, if you don't already have one, build a giving plan. A giving plan has four parts. Here's the first part. It answers four questions. The first one is this. It answers the question, what will you give? This is the part I spoke about earlier. Where you go before God and you say, God, it's all yours. I'm the manager. What do you want me to do? How, what do you want me to give? Start somewhere. And respond to what God is leading you to do. This is between you and God, completely. So what will you give? Here's the second question. When will you give? When will you give? You know, weekly, bi-weekly, monthly? It probably will correspond to when you get paid. First fruits belong to God. So when you receive a paycheck, you, you give first goes to God. He gets whatever it is you've decided in your heart to give. That's what you do and you give that to God. So that would probably answer the when you give. Next question is this. Where will you give? Your church, a missionary, a ministry, a combination? Let me just offer what I use as my criteria for giving. These are the, I have three criteria for me. Number one, give where you get fed, spiritually. So I trust that that would be your church, your church family. Give, give where you get fed. Number two, give where Jesus is made a really big deal. Give where Jesus is the focus. And then number three, as I think about this area, give where you see a return. Give where you see God's kingdom advancing. Give where you see lives being changed and ministry really happening. You should be excited, a cheerful giver, excited to give and invest in those ministries. And so that can be an answer to help you decide where you will give. Now, sometimes you make your giving plan, and sometimes you can plan for surprise opportunities to give. Like, for example, Operation Christmas Child. We've got a few more shoeboxes out in there in the back, and so that could be part of your plan. That, you know, this percent each month or this amount of dollars each month, I'm just going to be spontaneous. And I'm going to do, I'm going to ask God to show up and present needs, and I'm just going to spontaneously give. How fun is that? And so that could be something like Operation Christmas Child. Or next week, we're going to be having the giving tree here. And so we're having families of, of, of local Adel families involved with crisis intervention. Maybe for you, as part of you build your giving plan this week, is you're going to decide, you know what? I think God's put on my heart. I want to adopt a family this Christmas. And I want to make a difference in their lives. I want to make their Christmas better. And so that's a part of my plan is I want to be generous in that way and give. 
You guys, it's a whole new adventure. It's a ton of fun to begin to do that as you build your plan. Okay, last part. Ben, you can come on up if you would, please. Last question you need to answer is this. Finally, how will you give? And here at New Hope, we've provided four easy ways to do it. So you can pick one that you like. You can give on the church website. You can give through the app, which is what I use personally or we use. Uh, y'all, it's so easy. Why do I say y'all? I'm not even from the South. You all. It's so easy. It's, it's, it like takes three seconds to do it. So the app is an option. You can do text to give. So if you're a texter, you can just simply do it from your phone through texting. Or obviously on Sunday mornings, you can do that as well. So easy, convenient ways to give. That's a lot at you. But here's my encouragement. Start today. Start somewhere. And when you do, you will start seeing God work in your life in a pretty special way as you obey him. Are we in? Let's do that as a church. Let's pray together. Father, thank you so much for, for this uh, chance to look at your words and, and really to, to make you Lord over this area of our lives. And I pray for each person here, wherever they're at in this area, wherever they're at in their relationship with you, that, Father, you would help us to start somewhere and move us toward greater maturity and growth. I pray you'd help us to do it with the right attitude as we cheerfully give and invest. And, and Father, as we do, and you've invited us to test you in this, I thank you that you're going to show up, that you're going to reveal who you are and your love for each person here in some amazing and special ways. So, Father, we love you. Father, help us to trust you. Help us to be good managers of all you've given to us. And we pray this in your name. Amen. Let's stand together and conclude our worship service with him.